Welcome to Desert Rain Community Radio. Today on Dispatches from the Verge, David Morrison and I sit down and discuss the idea of uh, spiritual direction and um, what a spiritual director could do in your life uh, to help you, to help guide you in and around um, your spiritual life and uh, kind of how that differs from a therapist or a, um, a life coach or something of that nature. But before we get into that, thank you, Danny West. He does all the editing and sound engineering. Thank you to Jacob at Monk Drums. That's what you hear in the background. Uh, if you want to learn more about Desert Rain Community, check out theruined.com. Uh, drcrpod.com is where you can find other episodes or wherever you found this. Uh, you can also find the um, Road to Desert Rain and Pathways to Presence, which are all part of Desert Rain Community Radio. Uh, if you like what you're hearing, please tell a friend. Word of mouth and social media really helps us. We appreciate you, and let's get into it. Welcome to Desert Rain Community Radio, Dispatches from the Verge. David Morrison. Good day, sir. Good day, sir. <laughs> How are you doing? Wyatt, I am rolling. <laughs> <laughs> Great. I was, we were just talking about Westerns at work this week. And I, I, don't, I don't think you can... I mean, Tombstone's top tier. It's the best. The best. Then Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. I haven't watched that one in a long time. My personal favorite Western, The Mandalorian. <laughs> Star Wars. Sinus Disney. It's got it all. It's got trains in the desert. Train, train robberies. It's got it all. Train. Wait, was it planes, trains, and automobiles? <laughs> um, so we're still kind of doing our summer lull slash focusing on the book. So uh, for August, we've only been releasing every other week. Um, thank you for the people we we've had we had listeners in July so thank you for everyone Appreciate that it. continued listening even though we weren't um, releasing new episodes and today we're going to uh, one of the things that has crossed um, our radar and I don't I don't even know yeah it's not even we can that doesn't make sense but um, one of the things David and I have been talking about uh, is this idea of spiritual direction. So uh, back in June, we had uh, David Riefenberg on who does life coaching. Um, spiritual direction is different than that. Um, we've talked a lot about uh, mental health and seeking, whether it's a therapist or a psychologist, uh, spiritual direction is different than that. Yeah. And um, so, so maybe to start the start the podcast, uh, David, you can sort of give your your interpretation of what what is spiritual direction. Yeah, I would say it's well, it comes from a tradition, a uh, very old tradition, centuries old. Uh, I want to guess it might be the uh, the Jesuits, but that sounds like conspiratorial thinking. <laughs> <laughs> the Jesuits did it, uh, but I, I believe it's Ignatian, what they call Ignatian spirituality, based after the uh, the soul searching, uh, 
program, if you will, that St. Ignatius in, uh, of, of Loyola, Spain, uh, came up with, I believe, in the 1500s. Um, and so it, it kind of stems from that monastic Catholic uh, stream of Christianity uh, where people would meet and, you know, and, the, and there are different questions than you would get from a life coach. So let, let, me, let me bring it up to date in the contemporary world. So, so you have life coaching, and that deals more with gaining confidence, uh, hitting goals, set, setting goals. It's more career oriented. Although you know, Mr. Riefenberg doesn't really delve into those. He does do those issues, but he wants to go beyond those as well. Right. So I'm not making those that exclusive. That's the general thing about a life coach. It's about your future. And then there's the therapist, which is more. A lot of times, more about your past, unraveling mm-hmm. things in your past, so that you know you can live, comf- you know, peacefully in the in the present, dealing with trauma and things like that. So then, in, in between there is the 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 spiritual director slash pastoral care. Pastoral care is more uh, spiritually officiating, religiously officiating events in people's lives, like mm. during a marriage, a funeral. Right, baptism, the sacraments, uh, being there for people in in a you know in an intense tragedy, right? That kind of thing. So spiritual direction is more uh, towards the questions of uh, the present moment mm. and how can I navigate my own spirituality? How can I? Usually, the questions that people have are how can I meet God? How can I get close mm. to God? What does that even mean? And so, there you go. Yeah, and, and um, one of the things that came to mind as you were describing that is we've, we've talked about, um, and I might, if I mispronounce it, you can correct me, um, Anamkara. Right, soul friend, yeah. Yeah, soul friend. And so how, how would you see uh, Anamkara and spiritual direction? Like how, what would you, and the only reason I bring it up is because we've done an episode, you know, if you want to go back and yeah. listen to episode 17, David and I kind of do a um, a version of Anamkara that we recorded yeah. and put out into the world. It's it's very I'm very vulnerable for me for sure, but it it, it was a meaningful. I think yeah. it was a meaningful thing to share in yeah, the greater yeah. world. So I don't know. Is there a difference between those two? And and if so, what are the differences? Not in my mind. I mean, I see my role as a soul friend. I don't like the term spiritual director because it sounds authoritarian. Mm-hmm. Uh, it also puts the emphasis of responsibility on me rather than the person I'm meeting with. And that's the, the hard core reality is that each and every one of us are, you're responsible for your own spirituality. Mm-hmm. You're responsible for your own life. Uh, no one can do your dying for you either. I, yeah, you know? So, I know I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not I want to outsource it. <laughs> yeah. And spiritual direction is not... Uh, or being a soul friend, it's not the same. It's it's asking very different questions than uh, popular Christianity is mm. asking at the surface level. So so popular Christianity is uh, is asking for the most part is asking questions. How can how can God get on my side? Mm. Uh, how can I get confidence? In in you know use Jesus as as getting myself confidence. Mm. Uh, so that I can 
participate in the capitalist American way. Right. That's basically what, uh, where a spiritual direction is more, no, how can you uh, surrender your confidence? Mm. How can you uh, go beyond confidence? And most people are not ready for that. They're not interested in that. But that's what a soul friend, so, so soul friend is the, is the model I've taken. Right. So it's not a professional thing. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not charging $50 an hour <laughs> for me to drop something on you. Cause the only wisdom that you're going to hear is the wisdom that your own soul speaks to you mm-hmm. or the spirit speaks through you, through you. And so that's what a soul friend does. And I, and I think that's what the, um, going back to that idea of, of responsibility, like even if you did drop some kind of profound wisdom or, you know, some eye-opening, enlightening yeah, thing, it doesn't really stick until like if, you know, if you're, if you're the director and I'm, I'm the person coming to you, it doesn't really stick until I do the work, whether, right. it's, whether it's silence or service, um, reading for me has been yeah. profound, journaling. Um, usually that's when I have breakthroughs and then I go run and tell it to people. And there's a, you know, there's at least one or two people in my life. Oh yeah, that's what I, you know, I've seen it on the other end in the recovery right. world where someone will come running to me like, Oh, this, this, and that. It's like, Oh, cool, man. Who's been telling you that the last year, but it doesn't matter <laughs> right? because it, I told them for a year, but it took whatever it took on their end. Yeah. Tapping into that, to that source, right. That, that God source or, you know, whatever, yeah. whatever you want to refer to it as, um, you know, the Christ light that's within all of us right. um, until you tap into that. And, and then, it becomes an imprint. Then it becomes. um, And that's what a soul friend can do simply is create. Yeah. You know, I create, because I've been doing it for so long. I'm I'm sort of gifted at structuring a conversation Mm -hmm. so that uh, we could be in a position for that Mm -hmm. to happen. And so, you know, so that an openness can happen. So that's kind of what it's about. Well, an amazing thing to, you know, not to keep repeating this, but even in the recovery world, you know, where we have sponsor, sponsor, sponsee sort of relationships, I've been approached by people thinking I'm going to keep them sober. Yeah, no, you can't. And it's like, it's like, oh no, man, like my sobriety is in, uh, is between me and my higher power. Like, I know what I need to do you know, the, the 1% of stuff I need to do. And then the 99% for my, my, I wish I could do this in all areas of my life, but for me, I can really only pull it off in sobriety. It's like, God will take care of the other 99%. And it's like, I can, I can show you what I did. I can show you what I was shown. Um, I can direct you in in certain ways, but at the end of the day, uh, it's your responsibility and, and to watch, (laughs) watch, it doesn't happen often, but it often enough, someone's eyes glaze over like, oh, no, I want a hero. I want someone to keep me sober. Yeah. And it's like, eh, and that's, that's what you're up against. <laughs> that's not how it works. And from our conversations, it seems it's very similar in the um, Christianity world. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's our uh, it's either the human condition or it's our culture. Uh, I mean, our culture definitely has celebrity worship. Oh, for sure. And it's so, you know, and I don't know if that's a human condition thing or not, but um, thinking of ancient texts like the Iliad and the Odyssey, 
kind of celebrity. Worship, <laughs> yeah, you're like, right. <laughs> <laughs> from the ancient world. Seems as though um, that was the original TMZ. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah. So, I, so that's what you're up against as a soul friend is, is one, people want to, to relinquish their own responsibility to another. That's why con men, confidence men, mm. confidence women, uh, that's why that's a, that's a thing. And so, and that's the second thing. People are craving confidence and absolutes and soul direction. Uh, soul friending is, is a movement away from those things. Mm-hmm. And people are initially terrified of that. They don't, because they want that confidence. They don't want truth. Most of us don't mm-hmm. want reality mm-hmm. and truth. Yeah, those aren't fun. But confidence, that's what they, you know, if someone's saying something confidently, it could be the, the, the most, the biggest piece of bullshit ever. But as long as they say it with confidence, it's got to be true. Well, right? I mean, so we yeah. saw that with a recent president. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he said a lot of crazy shit, yeah. but it was the delivery. Right. It wasn't right. the content that people were listening to. No. It was the, the, what you're talking about. And even, um, I was just reading a, a book, um, I wouldn't call it a self-help book, but in that in that sort of vein, and that was one of the things the author was talking about is um, this idea of confidence. Yeah, you know, and he was talking about um, acting confident, but then there's also this other, and I wish I could remember the word exactly he used, um, but just this beyond confidence, you know, where it's all, you know, yeah, and and he was the con men, but cult leaders. You know, he didn't right. talk about con con men and con women. He was talking he started talking about cult leaders. And it was the same, you know, it's yeah, the, it's same, the thing. same thing. It's just people desire yeah. this this uh uh overly confident person yeah. even if they're what you're saying, time and time again their facts don't end up panning out. Yeah. <laughs> as long as they have that confidence, it's not easy, but it, you're capable of continuing the cult yeah. run or whatever, you know, whatever it was and um and and it is a core spiritual issue because if you look at the Jewish scriptures and the Christian scriptures, that's the that's what they call the world system. Mm-hmm. It's all a bunch of bullshit. It's a confidence from Pharaoh, you know, this guy mm-hmm. who just stands up and gets a good haircut one day, has a little bit more power, <laughs> physical power than someone else. Has some and cool then, sunglasses. All right, you be our best. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll pin all our best hopes on you. Uh, and you know, and all the way from you know Pharaoh to to uh, to the Caesars, mm-hmm. you know, in, in Rome, and to the you know, um, dare I say, the popes later, and pastors, and then uh, presidents. I was going to say, in common day presidents. Yeah, you know monarchies. I mean? like, uh, you know, it's it's all they're, they're all confidence mm-hmm. uh, shovelers. <laughs> so. Going back to this idea of uh, cultivating this conversation, right? Like, in my opinion, spiritual directors are important because they can point out. And and when I say spiritual directors, I mean, you know, I'm actually using that term probably broader than even what we're talking about here. But um, just guides in general maybe is a better way to put it, just someone to guide you through things, whatever the context might be, right? Like we've already listed off some different contexts where people act as guides, but um, for you in, you know, specifically within the spiritual direction, 
so this is my opinion. I think you have a gift for it. It seems as though you do. Um, Thank you, sir. Thank you very much. When did when did that sort of when when did you realize that it was something that whether it was you're capable at it or you felt like you know you sort of embraced that role? When when along your pastoring career did that make itself known to you? Kind of in childhood, actually. Really? Yeah, I was the the priest slash comedian. That's what I was known for mm. in, you know, fifth, sixth grade on the campus. And so kids would literally come up to me and say a confession to me. <laughs> it's ridiculous. That's amazing. Uh, talking about, and I, you know, I didn't present myself that way. It was just this weird thing. Yeah, it wasn't like you're walking into. around with a collar. No, I didn't do that. I didn't pretend to preach, you know, like some Pentecostal preachers will say mm. that when they were like two years old, they would set up dolls or whatever mm. and pretend I didn't do that. It was just a weird thing that I kind of just fell into. Uh, well, it's funny because comedians are known for that too. Like yeah, Andy, yeah. Andy Kaufman was known to not want to go outside and play. He would put on these shows in his bedroom right, as right. a child and his mom would make him like, get outside. Hello, TV land. <laughs> yeah. Um, Okay, cool. That's that's incredible. And so, how has that sort of evolved? Um, did it become more prominent when you were doing the the pastor stuff? Did it? Have you had to take a step back from it at times? Kind of what, what's yeah. been your timeline yeah, around it's all definitely that kind changed. of stuff? So probably by the time I was more in formal ministry in my teens, uh, and because I was in a charismatic context, it was I was known as a prophetic person, what we call revelatory. He operates in the revelatory gifts. That's what we'd say in the vineyard. Uh, That's amazing. Prophetic gifts, which basically means he reads your mail. So I had this reputation. You get you guess one time mm. on someone, and they and then they think that you could read minds and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And and when you're 19, 20, you, you're stupid enough to think that you can. You buy, in, you uh, yeah, buy well, into the hype. Of course the spirit has gifted me. Mm-hmm. And there are some, and I'm not in denial that some strange, unexplainable things, like a string of them have happened mm-hmm. during that time. Uh, well, we all, even, you and I even talked to, well, you, you, um, Marshall was there too. We talked about that, sort of how you've wrestled with that over yeah, the years. Yeah, those giftings. And, and so at some point when I did not want to want that pressure I'm someone that speaks for God into your life. Mm-hmm. I did not want that pressure. Uh, I started developing it more. And probably because of teaching. Being mm-hmm. an English teacher, you, you need to come up with questions. Yeah. Uh, to interact with a text, you know, to get for writing purposes. Mm-hmm. Uh, or a movie. Uh, you know, if you're going to show a film, then you better have some good writing questions <laughs> to go with it or... Or you're just or a the, coach. The, princi- <laughs> the principal will be looking you're, at you side-eyed. Yeah, you're just a health teacher then. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so so it began to, yeah, to kind of shape that prophetic gifting. So instead of saying, you know, well, the Spirit's telling me this about you, rather than that, uh, to craft it more into a question, how are you feeling about your life right now? And this or that, you know, and something more specific and... And so then it becomes their own, you know, it empowers them, shows them their own independence and power mm-hmm. and responsibility. Uh, and I, and I, that's been a better model. So that's probably, probably when we launched out to pastor a church, that role, it became more pastoral, okay. my giftings, yeah. or my role rather than a prophetic, revelatory 
kind of kind of scenario. Um, I don't know. Yeah, and I, I guess. And I'm kind of a coward in my religious judgments. So, in what sense? So, so I'll judge you behind your back in my mind, mm. but to your face, <laughs> I'll be You'd very be your kind, best, your best, and buddy. merciful. And and usually, <laughs> and usually the merciful thing ends up, you know, usually it ends up ruling the day, you know, and because usually I just talk shit just for fun. Yeah. Uh, but so, so I guess that people know that if they feel safe with you, mm. it could be my height too. I'm just a short little dude. So I'm not uh, very intimidating. So maybe people feel like they're talking to a child <laughs> or, a, or, a what call, or what we call a Halloween candy fun size. <laughs> He's just a fun size guy. He's a fun size guy. Yeah. The, that idea of safety is really weird. Um, because there is something extremely important around that uh, feeling of emotional and spiritual safety yeah. to be able to be open up in, in ways that really uh, call – you got to be extremely vulnerable in order to do some of this real deep work, right? right. Like, um, And so to find a person that you feel safe – doing that with is is extremely yeah. important it could also be on a more serious note people pain recognizes pain mm. the suffering in others speaks to the suffering in the mm. uh, you know and so there, there could be some of that too well i mean that's the whole uh recovery model yeah. or at least in the 12-step world it's I, and i'm sure i've said it on here but it's it's one of the greatest uh pyramid schemes that ever ever was created yeah, because it's a pyramid scheme of just helping <laughs> helping the next right. person, you know. Because um, even if I if I haven't been through what you've approached me and asked me about, I probably know someone, yeah, or multiple people that have been through a similar thing. And I say I can say go, you know, go talk to Jeff or Ben or Fred, and, and then, yeah, you yeah. Know, I've never been through a divorce, but I know a lot of guys that have been through divorce not having to drink through it. Right. Um, I've never had cancer. But I know a lot of guys that have, uh, you know, gone through cancer treatment and stayed sober, you know. Right. And so it's like, well, if you think you got a cancer diagnosis, go talk to this guy. I can't, yeah. I can't really give you any insight. Do what your doctor says, yeah. <laughs> you know. Um, and, and so I guess since uh, the next evolution of that, you know, coming out to desert rain, um, living a little bit more life of, of solitude. Um, you know, you're not a teacher in the sense of you're not in the classroom, right. you're not, uh, you are pastoring a church, but not, at, you know, numbers wise, not at the same level. So what, what has that, um, what has that evolution been during this season of your life for spiritual direction? Yeah. So that phrase spiritual direction didn't even really come onto my radar until we came out here, mm. uh, because reading those, you know, monastic movements. And those kinds of things. So that's that's when I started uh, thinking that's a role that I could play mm. more so than, whereas whereas a pastoral role is yeah a larger group of people. Um, you have to build coalitions in this large group of people. Mm -hmm. uh, you got to stay as neutral as possible in every mm. matter. So you basically become oatmeal in your personality, and and so the most 
boring people personality wise would make great pastors of larger mm. churches. I don't mean that as an insult. It's it's, yeah, a, yeah, it's yeah. actual because they don't offend people. Right. That kind of thing. And that just wasn't me. I'm a walking middle <laughs> finger. Uh, no. <laughs> middle, middle child. And I've tried to reform and I've repented and I've, it just, it doesn't stick. I'm just a backslider. So, uh, so it just kind of, because we set up a retreat center here, an informal one, mm-hmm. it kind of lended, you know, the role just kind of fell to me. And, right. And then I, you know, and I self-taught, self-trained, and then did some formal training with the Center of Action, Center for Action and Contemplation, the Living School. Well, that that was sort of my, my next question, um, partially because I don't know, and I don't think you and I have ever talked about this, um, but you know that it's always a good idea for for therapists to have therapists, and yeah. um, you know I know a couple of different life coaches, and they have life coaches. You know what I mean? And so, who do you see as your sort of spiritual directors? You know, either in the past or, or pre- I'm more interested in the present just because I know you. But um, but one of the things I know you've been through recently is the the living school. So I don't yeah. I don't know how that all factors in. But who are who are your spiritual directors? Uh, probably, you know, the people here that I live with, you know, uh, and then my cats, my two cats are definitely, (laughs) uh, a couple of mentors have, have already passed away. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so, so since, so the last couple of years, uh, I don't have anybody formally, Mm -hmm. you know, that I'm seeing. And I, and I think I was I was uh, doing life coaching with mm, Mr. Riefenberg. That's right. So that was kind of the the emphasis there. Mm-hmm. Um, then we lost our therapist. She moved. She got too successful oh, yeah, yeah. for El Paso. Had to go to L.A. or something. Moved San Francisco. To LA, <laughs> hit the big time because she was so good at it. Uh, and so uh, so that's kind of where mm-hmm. where where I'm at now. Uh, and then after the the triple bypass and COVID and all that, I wasn't interested in any of this. I just was ready to just retire and go away quietly, <laughs> even more go, so. So go be a hermit in the caves. Yes, actually, the yeah, Franklins yeah. or Oregon Mountains. Considering definitely more reclusive, as if I haven't been already. So, what what? How did the living school either inform, evolve, or or sort of? help your outlook on spiritual direction? What, what, what role did that play? Oh, I and, had, and maybe, maybe you could explain the living school. If this is someone's first episode, I know we've covered the yeah. people that, that put it on, but maybe you, you could tell, you know, give us the, the minute ex- explanation and then tell us how that shaped your okay. spiritual direction. Yeah, it was probably about 2015. I was, I was intentionally looking for a spiritual direction program. So I, I was I was looking for quite a few. I was uncomfortable with the kind that where you get a, a certification and you can right. go around put that on your uh, what is that business card or that that website LinkedIn my LinkedIn. Oh. Yeah. Uh, You're off putting. I wouldn't yeah. I wouldn't see a spiritual director who who was on LinkedIn. Who's on LinkedIn? Yeah, it's just like no, you're a wanker. Uh, My LinkedIn still says you know, I work you, at NFL Films. <laughs> if you live in a cave. Like literally in a cave and you're slightly crazy. I'd probably go see you for that. Yeah. Uh, so, so yeah. So, I, you know, so I had narrowed it down to a vineyard had one. 
the the Richard Foster Renovari was oh, his really? organization had one. I didn't know that. And then of course Richard Rohr's Living School and and it's that one just felt right. James mm-hmm. Finley and uh, wasn't easy to get into. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you have to really you, you have to apply yourself. Uh, and it wasn't really a spiritual direction school. They don't right, count right, themselves right. as that. Yeah. So there's no. You know, and they make fun of this quote unquote certification process. You know, they just say, Hey, congratulations, you can't do anything with this professionally. <laughs> so, those are my kind of people in yeah. that sense. Um, and so, but it did. So, so I think the school started in 2016. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was a two year program. Yeah. Uh, but it definitely, yeah, it exposed and addressed. And really felt like it, in many ways, uh, resolved some very intensely, uh, intensely emotional, spiritual issues that I was wrestling with. Such as? Years. I could not, for example, when I speak it out, it doesn't sound mm-hmm. like an emotional entanglement, but it was, it was causing me pain. At the time, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it was, it was this, I could not integrate intercessory prayer, asking God for things and contemplative prayer. Mm. Now that sounds like first, first world problem. <laughs> uh, but it was a deeply emotional, it affected my worldview. Uh, it was very difficult. Um, well, and it's just knowing you, it's that bridge from your past yeah, to your yeah. present. So it represented so many things to me. Uh, yeah, yeah. Speaking it out, or even if I wrote it out, it wouldn't, you know, people would be like, what a baby, you know, uh, what's wrong with him, you know? And so, uh, I doubt that, but I hear what you're saying, <laughs> but it was, it was very painful. Yeah. And, and they helped me untangle Interesting. that, uh, and, and define the, the non-dual, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, the, the middle space that integrates both. Yeah. Uh, I was able to step into that by the end of the, or maybe a year after or so. Mm-hmm. Um, so was yeah. it, was there anything else? Come, you know, that helped you were able to dissolve through those two years. I mean, that was a that was a, a big thing. Um, just interacting with these texts that that mm-hmm. Richard Rohr and Cynthia Bourgeau and uh, James Finley, uh, you know, are, are interacting with right. their entire lives. So I was able to to meditate through those, study through those, and it was a very rich time. You know. Yeah. And then discuss it with a group of people and meet, you know, they grouped us into small communities who I still stay in touch with. And I was going to say, you guys, are they monthly meetings? Yeah, we try. Yeah, I yeah. miss their early, uh, eight o'clock on a Saturday is early for me. <laughs> if I've been, <laughs> if I've been hanging out with the Jocelyns making martinis the <laughs> night before. So, uh, so yeah, but yeah, so. Yeah, that's, I think that's one of the interest or not interesting, but. Maybe profound's a better word, but because um, a lot of times those sorts of things they'll just they'll just sort of dissolve. But the fact that it's been what four years, maybe over four years since yeah. you graduated, and you got you still meet with the majority of your group. Yeah, in fact, pretty... one of them, Mercedes Thrush. Uh, well, yeah, edit, yeah, she was one of the editors for the book. So, shout out to Mercedes. Yeah, and we even had um, and Big Ed. What our our friends from uh, Canada came and visited yeah, a Joanne. few months ago. Yeah, Joanne. Yeah, yeah. And her husband came and, and uh, spent some time here uh, back in the spring. And so it's cool how those 
connections that you made during the living yeah. school. Um, you know, cause I think it's both, at least for me, you know, my context is obviously different, but meeting people on a spiritual path and then being able to, whether, you know, whether you're seeing them every day or, you know, you're reaching out to them and having a conversation every other month or something like yeah. that, but just being able to have that, that, uh, that connection, yeah, you yeah. know, for me helps, helps dissolve some of those things, um, that I'm going through, you know, whether it's long standing things like you described in the prayer example, right. or, you know, something I'm going through today with a decision I need to make or, um, whatever that might, might look like. And so, um, and that's, that's a privilege I have is I have friends, soul friends, but, but I have friends that have, that I've been friends with mm. since the 1980s. <laughs> I mean, that's, uh, you know, th over 30 years. Uh, so th there's, you know, Steve Alvarez, uh, even who, Mr. Who, Riefenberg, uh, you know, yeah. so there, yeah, there's quite a few and the, most people don't have that. Yeah. You know, for, you know, the decades old friendships mm -hmm. like that, that you can go a year without speaking and then mm -hmm. pick up right where you went off. Yeah. You know, my older brother and I are, are that way. Shout out to, he's uh, in Austin, right? He's in Austin Shout trying to, to Austin. survive <laughs> the California rents that have descended upon them yeah. there. Yep. Over the last uh, four years or I guess two years since COVID. Uh, so, so... And I, I think if someone really wants to observe a, a, a really beautiful sort of idea around what we're talking about here, whether it's the soul friend, uh, spiritual director situation, I really do recommend going back to episode 17. Um, and we spent... Wow, you remember the number. That's awesome. Wow. I looked it up. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> when, when you were talking at the very beginning uh, and I was tiptoeing were... around over oh, here. Okay, I thought you... <laughs> I thought your girlfriend texted you. <laughs> no, no, no. Um, or your mother. <laughs> <laughs> or both. <laughs> hey Um But so so I don't think we need to like recreate that because it was it was such a We really, modeled it, yeah. Yeah, we modeled it in really a beautiful way. But um for example, what what would be some of the converse or not the conversation, some of the questions you might introduce during uh an anamkara interaction yeah. um you know obviously the the conversation itself specifically would pick which questions you ask but just as examples what are what are the some of the things um you're sort of tossing out there to 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 be this this idea of a guide oh again it's there's there's it depends on the specific interaction right but, but some general questions might be you know how are you feeling about your life right now mm. uh and if they're feeling very accomplished uh then it's uh then then the spiritual goal is to get them to detach from that accomplishment mm. if they're feeling very much like a failure then the idea is to get them to detach from failure mm -hmm. and to realize your life is not your successes or your failures. Uh, your life is simply your life. So what is your life doing? You know, those kinds right. of things. Um, a lot of times people are just being, trying to manipulate themselves. Uh, I've had people who just want to leave their, 
their spouse. <laughs> they needed God to to stamp it. To re- reaffirm, <laughs> yeah. quote unquote, reaffirm it. Yeah, <laughs> you know, just stuff like that. And so, so then the goal would be to unmask that very gently, mm. very gracefully, and say you're you're just trying to fool yourself uh, and and trying to get God on your side, and God will never be on your side. And you can never really claim you're on God's side. The people that claim they're on God's side uh, are usually, uh, yeah, the Inquisition. Well, uh, they become the oppressors. Well, and I think, right. <laughs> they become the, well, we won't go there. Yeah. Um, well, and I think, I think when God is on your side, it, at least in my life, it always ends up looking way different than anything I ever yeah. imagined, right? I mean, yeah, it's often terrifying. <laughs> right. Well, you know, I, I the I joke with people, but it's also serious. Like my road on this spiritual path brought me to uh, desert rain, you know. And if if you would have rewound four years ago, well, no, that's not true. I moved out here four years ago. Damn, uh, six years ago. And you you told me you told me the scenario that I've lived out in the last six years, mm. I wouldn't have believed you. You know, similar to you know, fast forward to like if you pulled me aside the day before I got sober and said, "Hey, you're going to get sober tomorrow, and this was what the next 14 years right. will look like," I would have laughed in your face, right? Um, but, and this is just my opinion. When I was able to saddle up next to God or God was able to saddle up next to me and I could not drink for 24 hours mm-hmm. um, or a full month, you know, which is I could I could before I stopped drinking, I could go a day without drinking, but I couldn't have gone a month without mm-hmm. drinking. You know what I mean? And and so um, it's just one of those things that if you're. It's very easy to make up your mind on something. And this is human nature. We right, make up right. our mind first. And then we build the rationale afterwards. Yeah. But we think we do it the other way. We've we've talked about that, the Jonathan Haidt book. Right, right. So the on the spiritual side, you can do the same thing where you make up your mind on something and then you go looking for what you're saying. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's God's what, stamp of approval. <laughs> and that's what most of us do. That's what the ego does. Yeah. And so, yeah, so so my goal would be to to... To help help the the person I'm interacting with uh, glimpse that and glance that and say, right. okay, so what else can I do to not do that? Uh, and so, you know, it's a very, you know, you go see a life coach and they'll say, what are your goals? What do you want to be the next right. five years? Yeah. You'll see a therapist and, and they can say, well, what, what traumatic events from your past would you like to work on today? Mm. Uh, well, spiritual direction, the question is, how can I get close to God? Well, when are you close to God and when are you far from God? Well, that's like uh, that's like saying, uh, how can I get out of the Milky Way uh, galaxy? Mm. And uh, when am I in the Milky Way galaxy? Uh, and and so so that's that's a very it's almost as confusing as being a human being itself mm. which is a very it's a very confusing thing to wake up in the morning right. to be a human being <laughs> like, so let's talk again? about that you know those kinds of things and there might be signposts that you're close to god there might be some moral things uh but those can be uh fabricated of course and so you know well and on the flip side too when you 
when you think you're far from God or whatever wording you want to be, it's mostly you're, you've decided that you're far from God. Yeah. And uh, you're, what would it be? You're focused more on your, your feelings of what, what you're feeling in that moment or your circumstances in that moment and then be like, Oh, well, God must not be here. Yeah. yeah. I I don't believe, I don't believe that trope. Right. I I think when I've decided I'm the farthest from God, it just, God's still there doing God stuff. Right. Like whatever my brain can't comprehend. Right. Like we're starting to talk about stuff that you can't really comprehend on a logical level because it, it just doesn't work. But, uh, I lost what I was going to say. Oh, I I know earlier in the conversation you talked about, you know, life coaching being for future goal type stuff. A lot of times therapies for uh, not curing, but resolving some trauma or, yeah. you know, finding ways to, to integrate in your life. Whereas what we're talking about is being in the moment. Yeah. So it, it, uh, it just to add to that confusion that you were just mentioning is like, you know, every, every moment is a new moment that we're trying to be. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And the grace of God comes in your failure Mm. to embrace and live in every, every moment that's in front of you. That's where, so it's a very, it's a different operating system as Richard Rohr would say, uh, well, yeah, and I think or so. Cynthia Borgel, she's the one who's a different operating system. And it's so true because I think um, that idea of grace is is maybe what I was trying to articulate a little bit ago. Because even even when you're flying high, you can get into like things are going your way. Um, when I I won't speak for other people, I'll speak for myself. It'll be like, oh, I, like look what I did. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, yeah. well, no, you. <laughs> God had a hand in this and you're just, yeah. you're just, you're, you've, you found yourself in a good situation yeah. because when everything's all messed up, I don't go around being like, Oh, look what I did. I'm like, yeah. why did you do this to me? God? <laughs> it's like, well, you yeah. can't, you can't just, uh, I guess you can, but for me smashing that ego is like when stuff's going good, like just be grateful for it. See it as grace. Yeah. Um, and then when things are going bad, you know, just be like, it's the circumstances, right? It's not like you were saying, it's not who I am. Right. Neither one of those is who I am. It just happens to be what yeah. today looks like. Yeah, because at the popular Christian level, if things are going your way, then God is on your side. He's and blessed blessing you. you. Hashtag blessed. <laughs> uh, and then and when things, when you're going through trials, it's the devil attacking you and God's not in it. But God, But they do add, God will get you through. Mm-hmm. They will add that, uh, which is which is true and good. Uh, but but on another topic, a soul friend can help. I believe most people have had uh, spiritual experiences mm-hmm. that their rational mind cannot explain away. Uh, most of those experiences that we've had, uh, we have forgotten. Mm-hmm. They happen, and and you just forget them. Uh, because you don't have the operating system to deal with it. Uh, I, I'm trying to think of an example. Uh, almost like a developing 
infant, uh, uh, you know, the brain, mm-hmm. her, you know, their brain is still developing. Right. And when they see some a brand new thing that they've never seen before ever, they're, they don't see it mm-hmm. yet, uh, you know, because they don't have a schema for it. Right. And so... So it's that way in the spirit world. It's that way in the imagine in, in the imaginative realm, or as Cynthia Bourgeau calls the imaginal mm. realm. And so a soul friend can, because a therapist, if you tell them, "Well, this angel appeared to me and told me this and that," <laughs> uh, a therapist, you know, a good therapist, won't respond at all to that. Right? Yeah. Uh, a life coach would just uh, say, uh, "Well, you need to get deprogrammed from cult-like thinking or something." <laughs> And and come to my seminar, <laughs> or, or or use the angel to get to your to your goal. <laughs> yeah, come to my weekend seminar where I will where I will show you. <laughs> I'll teach you. So a soul friend can help you navigate that, and to not to to not be too uh, identified with that experience that you've had, and to uh, not dismiss it either, and mm-hmm. to hit that middle sweet zone of what is it saying, uh, what is it for, what is it you know what is it mean now let's carve out some meaning for that uh you can have those 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 greater stranger conversations i think with a soul friend uh back in the 90s when uh ufos were all the rage area 51 and all Mm -hmm. that uh i had i had a lot of ufo people that claimed that they were contacted Mm -hmm. i uh, they would come to my classroom and just talk to me they come to our church nice uh Cause yeah, I heard you. I heard you were a pastor that studies ufology, <laughs> which meant I read a couple of books and watched right. X Files and listened to what's <laughs> and the Art Bell, yeah, yes. and I was an Art Bell fanatic. <laughs> God, I miss those days. What's what was uh, his show's name? AM radio at midnight. What was his show name? Uh, Coast to Coast. Coast to FM Coast and yes. Dreamland. <laughs> he had another show called Dreamland, and so yeah, I was very interested in these things. Uh, so was Barbara Holmes, one of the teachers. At the living school. Oh, okay. And she was doing her graduate work. She would listen to Art Bell. Nice. And, and that was very, very fun to hear because you don't meet too many Art Bell. My, I don't meet them anyway anymore. So anyway, yeah. so they feel safe to be able to talk about something like that. And and I and I would put on my Mulder face, uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> my Fox Mulder face and, and just listen to them. Yeah. yeah, I learned how to do that. And uh, And so you can have those kinds of conversations, I think in a safe way with a soul friend, uh, with a spiritual director, uh, rather than, whereas a pastor might correct you theologically. Mm-hmm. And, well, that's not biblical. Uh, if you told them, you know, that Yoda came and talked to you. And, uh, <laughs> I don't know if I you did. remember that in the, uh, about 20 years ago, it was, it was a viral when viral things were kind of, yeah. uh, it was a, a televangelist was on the air and, Doing call-ins, I don't, I don't remember and uh, or was reading letters uh-huh. and <laughs> read some letter from some millennial who sent it in. And said uh, they talked about how Luke Skywalker was teaching them the ways of the Force, and this <laughs> guy had read it live on air, and then, right. and then his flunky comes and whispers in his ear, "It's oh, it's Star Wars." Okay, because <laughs> <laughs> he was already analyzing. His, it. Well, this his, doesn't sound biblical at all. His you know? gopher. Really? You think so? <laughs> so, yeah. So a pastor might have other agendas, such as to get you to go to their church, mm. to get you to give financially, uh, or to uh, to accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. They might have that kind of agenda and then won't be able to listen to you the way that they should. So there you go. 
Well, and I, I think too. I mean, it that goes across. Oops, that goes across the board. You know, if you think about like your parents, your pastor, siblings, either like it's sometimes hard to find people that you're close with to have these kind of conversations um, because there's this agenda or maybe like with the family example, uh, there's, there's so much past baggage that maybe I think if you confront that stuff, then that can change that can evolve and change maybe. Um, But if you haven't and you you're trying to have these, these deep, safe conversations, like you're saying, yeah. um, regardless of how quote unquote ridiculous it may seem to the logical mind. Um, because I do think some of these things, uh, should be, and maybe have to be explored. Yeah. You know, because, um, and, and most therapists would, would, if you told them a dream you had, you know, a therapist would, uh, most, most therapists would, would, uh, probably, help you deal with, with, uh, this is a stress related thing. It's anxiety related, unless you're paying big bucks to see uh, a Jungian. I was going to say psychologist <laughs> and you're doing cycle, you know, uh, analysts, uh, kinds of things. Um, then, you know, then, then, you know, you're not going to really get to explore the archetypes, if you will, in those therapists, uh, a run of the mill therapist is not going to go over archetypes, of of uh, what a you know what a a silver woman that appears in your dreams you know mm-hmm. what what might that mean to your why why did your imagination come up with that you know what is that what are some historical archetypes of that um, so there you know so a soul friend could really help you explore that that realm yeah um and I, you know and I just think that's at least for me have been some of the most profound. Uh, relationships or um, just allow me to live the life I live today yeah. because of those guides and soul friends and, and uh, spiritual directors over the last, you know, 10, 15 years yeah. that I've had in my life. So, um, yeah, is there anything, any, any, Way you want to wrap it up or sort of put a bow on this this larger conversation? I know we've we've kind of been all over the board, but we're coming close to time. So I don't know if there's anything else on your, no, your if heart you're and mind. Listening to this and you're interested in doing a session, give me give us contact us. Huh? Okay. We'll see what we can do. You know? Yeah, I'll throw the I'll throw our, our poem book email in yeah. the intro. Uh, actually I, I know it. It's desert at gmail.com. You can reach out to us and I can, I can put you in touch with David if it's something, something you'd like to explore. Yeah. Um, even if it's just an initial conversation of, um, what that might look like, uh, in a practical way, yeah. uh, whether it's over the phone or zoom, or you come out here to old desert rain and sit next to the pond. So, um, yeah. And monetary it's, I learned, uh, a model for me was, uh, years ago, I was the sponsor for the native program in the prison and they needed a uh, flute for the sweat lodge. And so I contacted a native flute maker. I think it was in Wyoming. And I had a conversation with him, told him, you know, I want to, you know, I, I told him I'm non-native, I'm not native, yeah, uh, but I, I'm in the place of representing this group and sponsoring them. And I want to do it in a right way. I don't want to do it in a colonial kind of way. Right. 
uh, white man way. So how could we get a sacred flute to them? And that's when I asked him, well, how much is it going to cost for you to make this flute? The guy literally told me over the phone, he said, uh, the, he said, the, the spirit will show you how much to give me. Oh, wow. And I was like, really? That works? And so I spent some time in prayer and we, you know, sent him the money. Wow. I don't know if it was too much or too little. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Uh, I said, and I've said that to people and they've accused me of that's a scam, you know, because <laughs> people end up making more money by, so I don't know, but it feels honest to me. And that's, that's kind of the way that, that uh, you know, I well, do that. So I've been getting, you know, people give me Guinness. They're like, oh, he's a leprechaun. Let's give him some Guinness. Talk about insulting my ethnicity. <laughs> <laughs> well, but it could also be a scam the other way because you could have sent the guy nothing. Yeah, for yeah. For the sacred yeah. flu, you know what I mean? To the cynic, you're always going to, you know, it's like the, yeah. the verse in Titus, to the, to the pure, all things are innocent, and to the wicked, nothing is pure. Yeah. Nothing is, is good in this world to them. Yeah. So it's, yeah. Well, beautiful, man. Well, thank you once again for your Gracias. time. Um, by the time uh, this is posted, we'll be sort of on the final edits, the final reviews of the book. So uh, that should be coming here in the next uh, couple months for all you that uh, are either interested in buying or have um, donated through the Kickstarter. So appreciative. And yeah, very grateful for that. And uh, we will be putting together a website uh, where you can go and purchase it uh, once we have that. Once we know the name of the website, uh, when it'll be launched and all that kind of information, we will we'll put it out uh, to all the listeners. Um, and once again, thanks. You know, we've uh, slowed down the last couple of months posting as regularly with the podcast. Um, but people are still listening. They're going back and listening to the old episodes. So we're... Uh, I'm extremely grateful for that. I know David's uh, grateful for that, and, and uh, we we appreciate the um, understanding of of us kind of focusing on on finishing up the book. So, uh, anything else for you? No, I'm just so appreciative of everything, everyone. Yeah, thank you, everyone. Yeah. Have a good day. <laughs>